Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we got a busy Monday live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, On a Monday, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, Colin was right. Colin was wrong. Plenty of both. Michael Urban, Julian Edelman, both stopping by today. We're jammed. Both of us had a good weekend. 10-0 combined on our picks. That was nice. (laughs) But we talk about big games, right? Like, like... That's the difference between the haves and the have-nots, yeah. right? For quarterbacks, it's can you play from behind, not with a lead. And yeah. for teams, how are you in these marquee headline national TV standalone games against really good teams? <laughs> not good. <laughs> I can't wait for this rant. Okay, here we go. Two things are absolutely, inarguably, and abundantly clear. San Francisco, when it comes to coaching, scheme, and roster – is a mile better than Dallas. It is real sugar against sweetener. One's fake. Okay, it's not close. Coaching, roster, and scheme, and not close. The second thing, and I'm not sure how close this is, maybe it's closer, but Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. Stop arguing. Bothered by it? Really? When Dak entered the league as a fourth-round pick, he was better than some first- and second-round quarterbacks. You didn't have a problem embracing that. He was more mature, leadership, mobility. He had the it factor. So I'm supposed to wait for Brock Purdy? He's 10-0. He was severely underdrafted. The kid is good. How good? I don't know. But he's absolutely a more natural, accurate thrower than Dak. Uh, He's cheaper than Dak. That stuff matters in a salary cap league. And now I think he's as or probably more mobile than Dak because Dak's had all those injuries through the years. Right? So he moves really well. Dak doesn't. I mean, the other thing is decision-making is 
arguably the most important trait for quarterbacks. I always thought Dak was pretty good. Pretty's great. The kid always throws to the right person. So anybody bothered by this take that Purdy's better than uh, Dak, go back seven years. When Dak had a nice preseason game against L.A., went 10 for 12 with two touchdowns, and Cowboy fans went bonkers. I got crap for a month because I suggested, well, you got Zeke, a top five defense, best O-line in football. It is a preseason game from a franchise that just moved across the country. And now you want me to wait to say, yeah, Brock Purdy's good. He's 10-0 in the regular season, highest passer rating. If he retired today, highest passer rating in league history. He never throws interceptions. And he's just a more accurate thrower and distributor of the football than Dak Prescott. It's not close. Listen, you can keep giving Kyle Shanahan all the credit. But Kyle Shanahan's a coach, not a magician. He couldn't make C.J. Beathard work. He couldn't make Trey Lance work. Trey was a first-rounder. Beathard was a middle-to-high draft choice. Third round, I think. He couldn't make those guys work. Brock Purdy's good. Now, I don't know how good. Does Shanahan deserve some credit? Absolutely. But on balls thrown downfield, 10-plus yards, and Purdy, that's slinging it. You're throwing the ball down the field. Purdy this year leads the NFL in passer rating, touchdown to interception, and completion percentage. Downfield throws. Greg Cosell warned us about this a month ago. He came on and he said, Dak now is a pocket passer. He does not move well. That's all he is. He's a distributor, not a playmaker. Early Dak could be a playmaker. He's not anymore. Now he's a pocket guy. Well, that was never his strength anyway. It was his intelligence, his intangibles, his leadership, his maturity, his ability to move. Now he's just a pocket guy and not a very good one. 21 picks in his last 19 starts, almost all of them from the pocket. Okay, so San Francisco, better roster, not close, better coach, not close, and a better quarterback, maybe closer. Yes, Christian McCaffrey's great. Christian McCaffrey last night averaged 2.7 yards a carry. It was not about Christian McCaffrey. It was not about Debo. It was about a coach we know that's better than McCarthy and a quarterback now that's better than Dak. It's true. I look at the first 10 starts of his career, all-time ranks. He's first or second in everything. The dude is good. He's accurate. He moves pretty well. He's obviously coachable. He lets it go. He sees the field. He wasn't the only reason for the win. I'm not suggesting that. We know the roster's better, and we know the coach is better, and we know the schemes are better. I don't even know what Dallas's offense is. But Brock Purdy last night, Folks, that's what that's what an A quarterback looks like. Maybe he's not A down the road, but he's an A now, and here's Kyle after. He was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good. Um, but I um, thought he missed one throw throughout the day um, from what it seems like, just a little behind B.A. in the first quarter on one, and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job. There's a real good pass rush, some tight coverages. Many of those are designed throws, schemed throws. Guess what? That's most of the league. So were Belichick and Brady. They were schemed. Josh McDaniels, Dante Skarnecchia, choreography. You still got to make them, and Brock Purdy makes them at a higher rate than almost anybody in the league. Dude is good. How good? I don't know. I'll leave that to scouts, but he's good. All right. The New York Jets. Thought they'd win. 
It was the last pick I didn't make. Uh, 31 points for the Jets. How about that? You got to feel good about that. So everybody keeps telling me this. Hey, Russell Wilson is not the problem. Who gives a rip? Is he the solution? The internet's for blaming people. I need solutions. Is Russell good enough to be a solution? Joe Burrow, bad offensive line, and a coach with a losing record got to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow was the solution. Josh Allen, shaky O-line and run game for five years. His record's 55 and 26. He's the solution. Patrick Mahomes, receiving core, young, not that talented. They won again. He's the solution. Justin Herbert, we don't like the coach. He keeps winning. He's the solution. The internet and Twitter's for blame. I don't care. Once you pay a quarterback big boy money, if he's not special, you become the Titans and the Vikings. The Titans have a great coach. Feels like the Vikings always have a world-class receiver. We don't consider them Super Bowl viable. I don't think Russell Wilson's the primary issue here either. But once you pay a quarterback that kind of cash, he's got to be the solution. And I'm not sure he's that. Because you're either part of the solution or the problem once you're making 30, 40, 50 million as a quarterback. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. You are the issue if you're not the solution. Now, does Sean Payton deserve criticism? Yes. He got money and power. And I've said this for years. Power for a few years hurt Pete Carroll. Now he's left the drafting back to his GM, John Snyder. Power has hurt Bill Belichick. He has too much of it. He's a lousy drafter, but a good coach. And now his coaching can't overcome his drafting. Sean Payton came into the building. He didn't have his Mickey Loomis. He didn't have his GM. They retained the other GM, the former, the, the GM that was there before Sean got there. I think he's done a pretty good job, but it's not Sean's guy. And Sean's got the money and the power on the contract. So Sean says, hey, let's go pay for a right tackle. They overspent for it. He can't pass block. That's why I said, the minute you get all the power, you got nowhere to hide. I'd rather have a little less power and say, oh, I got deniability. I didn't do that. It wasn't my, I just do this. That coaches all want power. Bill Parcells, if I'm making dinner, I get a shot for the groceries. And maybe Parcells could pull it off. But it's hard enough to be a great GM. It's hard enough to be a great coach. When you try to do both, Belichick, Pete Carroll, legends, it doesn't work. You see how bad the drafts get. And so Denver doesn't do anything particularly well consistently. Whereas the Jets are not a great team. But to Robert Sala's credit, they're as good as their personnel allows them to be. They're not going to win track meets. They don't have the quarterback or the deep receiving core. But they run the football well because they have good backs. And they play excellent defense because they have good personnel. You don't have to win 13 games a year to be a good coach. Do you win or do things well that your personnel allows you to do well? Atlanta's not going to win 14 games. They don't have the dudes. But can Arthur Smith win eight with mostly solid, young, offensive personnel? The Jets do some things very well. It's where their best players are. They have one big-time receiver and one big-time back and a couple decent alignment. But the corners are banged up yesterday. They're not healthy. They're on the road. And they really did what they are capable of doing well, very well. So Sean Payton got the money. 
the leverage, the power, and they lead the NFL right now, second in the NFL in penalties. So they don't do anything right. And they have some good players. Denver and the Jets are pretty close in terms of talent. Now, Jets have better defensive talent. I think the Broncos have some better offensive talent, more guys that can run and catch. But uh, does Sean Payton deserve credit? Yep, it's a cautionary tale. Be careful for what you ask for when you're a head coach. Take a little less money, get a little less power, and just concentrate on what you do well. Here's Sean after. No one cares about what ails us or woes us. You know, they, they want to see production, and this one hurts. This, this, uh, we didn't play well. There obviously was a lot of focus on this game, your USA Today comments regarding Hackett. How do you look at that as a chapter in your coaching career where some yeah. people might say Hackett got revenge today? Yeah, listen, they played better than us. Do you regret, though, those comments, making those comments? As I, I, already, I already addressed that, though, and it's a fair question, but I think we already addressed that the, the next day. Bit of a mess. Uh, they got Kansas City coming up twice. They're staring down the barrel, one and five, one and six. So it is not good, but you have to feel good because I'll say this about Robert Sala, and you, I think you wanted to run him out of town a couple weeks ago. Come on now, you have to be fair with Sala. The key with coaching is when a coach takes over an organization, generally it's because the other guy like underachieved in the view of the owner and GM. So he was obviously not winning enough. So Sala has limitations. Jets whiffed on a quarterback and a left tackle. Well, they're not as good offensively. If Mekhi Becton was a great left tackle, I would think differently about the team. If they had a second receiver that hit, didn't they draft Rondell Moore? Wasn't that uh, their guy? No, that no, was, was Arizona. somebody else. They, they had yeah. another receiver. They whiffed on a bunch of receivers. Yeah, there was a well, Baylor kid or something. They had yes. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that guy would have been a star and Becton's a star, then I would be more demanding on Robert Sala. But the Jets are good at what his personnel allows them to be good at, and that's good coaching. Lincoln Riley's defense isn't great. That's because most of their good players are on offense and the best quarterback in the country. So when it comes to coaching, I don't want to necessarily just see wins. But Denver's got, like, good back, good receivers, an expensive, capable quarterback. They should have a better left tackle. Like, and they're not good enough offensively. So to me, they're underachieving and and a really smart offensive coach. The Jets do what they can do well. But there's just some things they can't. They can't win track meets. Well. Don't have enough skill they on the outside. Can't do anything in the red zone. 0 for 5. I mean, they scored 31 points, had one offensive touchdown. Like, let's settle down with the Nathaniel Hackett had solved things. He is doing more pre-snap motion, yes. uh, which is freeing up the run game in Brees Hall. But they're limited. And, you know, they got a tough one against the Eagles. The trenches are looking bad. AVT got hurt. Mekhi Becton got hurt. Like, they're in. Well, let's, let's. Salah's job is not safe yet. Uh, I just wonder when the Denver fire sale begins. <laughs> well, Jerry Judy, what can you get for him? Well, I, I think you. I think there. I think that's a real question. Like we thought it was going to be Arizona, and it may still be. But yeah. now this trading deadline, Denver's got pieces. The, the problem Den- is, what do you, what are you tanking for, Colin? What what are you selling off for? Because Russell Wilson's contract is just kicking in. It's like you, it's going to be really tough to move off of him. I, I don't think there's an easy solution for Sean Payton. I don't. I don't know. This is a big lift. I think it's bigger than Sean thought. It's a big lift. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources by the way it's elijah moore for the jets not rondell that's the one they shipped off to cleveland uh all right so last night dallas and san francisco i thought san francisco was win i thought it would be close 24 20 uh i think they have a better coach better schemes i had said last week you're gonna see a coaching gap in this game i didn't think the pretty dak gap would be that big. But this is a reoccurring result for the Cowboys. They don't win big games. And McCarthy and Dak, in these big games, you often go, wow, they look really second tier. It is time for a reality check. Dak in his career against playoff teams, and I will count San Francisco as a team that makes the playoffs, he would now be 17-28. and 28. When's the last time Dak went toe-to-toe with an elite quarterback in this league in their prime and outdueled him? It just doesn't happen much. So I'm watching Trevor Lawrence yesterday in London just sling that puppy all over the yard. I'm watching Joe Burrow pick apart Arizona, throw for 300-and-something yards, touchdowns with a bad old line. I'm watching Tua's bad game this year be 300 yards. Dak has become the definition of average. Leading, he has a 103 passer rating. Trailing, at 63. He's just, he's just not a guy that can, after you fall behind, bring anything to the table. So Dak doesn't even, to me anyway, pass the eye test anymore. Uh, his ball accuracy, his ball velocity, uh, he's no longer mobile. He doesn't pass the eye test. And then there's Mike McCarthy. And, I mean, we don't want to beat up on him, but I, I always think this. What is Dallas's offense? Offensive coaches like to show off. McVay sometimes can overthink the room, right? Mike McDaniel can almost get too clever for his own good. Like offensive coaches, they got more tricks than defensive guys. They love to show off. You see it with San Francisco and Miami. By the way, Shane Steichen is using Gardner Minshew to win games. He is a great play caller. You see it with Ben Johnson and the Lions, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, Miami, Arthur Smith is winning games with Desmond Ritter and showing off and giving you tricks. Dak and McCarthy, what what is that? 
what what are you? I it doesn't pass the eye test. And so Dallas isn't clever, they're not dynamic, they're not fun, and they're not showing off. They're boring. It's a boring, dull offense with one really, really talented wide receiver. So I, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I can have disagreements with him, but you know, he was right on that. This offense is a bit of an eye roll. There's just nothing to it. And I was thinking about this this morning driving in, is that the NFL has gotten really smart really fast. It was almost like baseball, the movie Moneyball. The game in baseball got really smart with analytics really fast. And a lot of the old scouts sounded like dim bulbs in the money and Moneyball. Remember that movie? Some of those old scouts sitting at the table, relics, Jurassic, dinosaurs. This game has gotten really smart, really fast. Mike McDaniel, Shanahan, McVay, uh, Nick Sariani, shocking Ben Johnson. Like they're, I mean, this Shane Steichen guy, he's winning with Gardner Minshew. I watched the Colts yesterday and I'm like, he may call as good a game as anybody in this league could with Gardner Minshew. And they're winning games against good teams. And so here was uh, McCarthy who hasn't kept up after. You know, the biggest thing is for, you know, us to be accountable. It was clearly humbling, um, but it is one game. You know, I should start with me. I, you know, I didn't do a good job tonight. We will clearly acknowledge it, and I'm not a burn-to-take guy. I, I think that's a crock of they, they They played extremely well, and, and we did not. And here's the thing. We, we could, I could blame Dak all day. I've never been a huge Dak guy. I, I've said he's pretty good. He's BB-plus guy. For years, I've said Dak is Kirk Cousins with a better brand. And I've said that forever. He's a little more mobile than Kirk Cousins in his prime, much more mobile, but doesn't throw as pretty a ball and as accurate as Kirk Cousins. But their stats are about the same thing. One's the coach, uh, the Cowboy quarterback. One's the Viking quarterback. And the Vikings are always seemingly in the shadow of the Packers. So even in their own division, the Bears, monsters of Midway, the Bears, the 95 Bears, and the Bears, the great Bears team. And then there's Favre and there's Aaron Rodgers. There's the Vikings. They're stable. So even in their own division, they don't get a lot of love, right? And so the Cowboys are a bigger brand, and Dak, to a large degree, is Kirk Cousins, who nobody likes until the Netflix series. Now everybody likes him. We like Dak. But in these big spots, he looks second tier. Here he is after. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, Called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, But this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. For the record, if Dak had Shanahan, he would be better. I don't think he'd be as good as Brock Purdy because I don't think he throws the ball that well. But some of this is the setup. Game's gotten smart. It's gotten smart offensively very fast. The rules benefit the offense, and offensive coaches love to show off, sometimes to their own detriment. I would love to see Mike McCarthy show off, not run a quarterback draw with 17 seconds and argue, we practice it a million times. It gives you at least three seconds on that. <laughs> I'd like to see some showing off, please. I know humility is important in life, but a little showing off, a little dynamic, a little fun, not Micah leading the way every week. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I think I got too much sleep last night. I don't sleep eight and a half hours much through. Oh, man, going 100 miles an hour today. So 34 nothing Saints over 
uh, New England, and everybody, of course, is blaming Mac Jones, and that's fine, but it's time to also start asking questions about Bill Belichick. They drafted three guards and two kickers as the slowest receiving unit in the NFL. They overspent and overcommitted to Juju Smith-Schuster. They re-signed Devontae Parker that can't separate. They can't draft tight ends, so they overspend for them. That's not Mac Jones' fault. Belichick has too much power, and Belichick, the GM, is failing Belichick, the head coach. And I've been on this for years. Belichick as a historian. He slobbers over 1963 linebacker play. He's a historian. He's not a revolutionary. He is Ken Burns. He is not Steve Jobs. This is a guy that gets misty-eyed talking about long snappers. He was asked a question about long snappers and kickers a couple years ago. He went 10 minutes straight and 1,500 words. That's who Belichick is. He's wonky. Brady hit a lot of that. Brady did the offense, and so did Josh McDaniels and Dante Scarnecchia. They're all gone, and Bill is unraveling. Mac Jones didn't draft three guards and two kickers. They have no receivers that can separate, and yet they sign and re-sign guys who can't. Okay, Belichick post-Tom uh, was overcoming Belichick, the GM, for a few years, and now he can't. He doesn't have any players. And when the few that are really good, Christian Gonzalez or Matt Judon gets hurt, they got nobody. I mean, the Dolphins are scoring 70 points. New England doesn't have a receiver on the roster, an elite receiver who separates. And a lot of it's hubris. And this happens all the time. There, there were, there's three things to me that have really exposed Belichick. Number one, he lost Brady. Duh. This happens when quarterbacks who are great, leave coaches. You got to go find a new one. Ask Miami, Denver. It's hard to replace a Marino or Elway. Green Bay did it with Favre. It's almost impossible. Colts did it with luck to Peyton Manning. Didn't last long. So he lost Brady. The NFL also pivoted to offense. So the things you could do 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you can't. And then Bill got arrogant. A defensive coordinator is offensive coordinator. Bill got arrogant. And I see that all the time. But if you watch Andy Reid's teams and Kyle Shanahan's teams, I mean, they run circles around the Patriots. Miami's averaging 36 points a game. New England's averaging 11. And here's the other thing, is that if you were a linebacker, we always view the quarterback differently and pay them differently. But if you were an edge rusher with some talent, a linebacker with talent, with Belichick, you'd get better every year. Why is Mac Jones getting worse every year? Is he getting less talented? I mean, his rookie year, he completed 68% of his throws and had a 92.5 passer rating and was 10-7. and seven. Why is he getting worse? Because what's around him is getting worse. He's a revolutionary, right? That's what you need. That's what Andy Reid is and Shanahan and McVay. They're revolutionaries. They're changing the game. Mike McDaniel. That's what happens when a culture changes. You need a visionary who can see around corners. That's not what Bill is. He's a historian. You hear him talking about guys that played in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. His dad was big, I think, in scouting. He's an, he's an academic and a historian. He's not going to reinvent the wheel. They just don't. And so you can, you can bang on Mac Jones, and obviously he's got a low ceiling. But even Bill yesterday acknowledged they're ready to start from scratch. We've got to find a way to you know, play and coach better than that. And so that's what we're going to do, start all over and um, 
get back on a better track than we're on right now. Coach, when so many things go wrong, where do you start? What, where do you prioritize fixing the problems? Yeah, that's what I just said. Let's start over again. You said you guys need to start over. Um, have, have you ever had to do that before, five games in the season, just for reference? I mean, is, is it something new? Yeah, I've done it before. What, what does that entail, starting over? Starting over. All right, let's talk college football. I thought Texas would beat Oklahoma. They beat them last year 49-0, and Oklahoma came focused. They outcoached them, outprepared them, and outplayed them. Uh, it felt like it was Oklahoma's day, even though it came down to the final play. Uh, for the Sooners, it feels very good. You were humiliated last year. But here's the reality. Neither one is probably going to face a ranked team the rest of the way, and they're going to they're play again. And the Longhorns roster, I'll take that. And revenge now will flip to Texas's side. Texas outgained him. Texas probably wouldn't have three turnovers if they played again. Texas lost on the final play. They'll be favored in the next game to win. And so th this was a, you know, Texas also beat Bama on the road. Oklahoma doesn't have that kind of win. So when they, they face the next time, if Texas wins, Oklahoma's in the Alamo Bowl. Texas has a big road win. That's the advantage of scheduling that and not having Cupcake City. So when Oklahoma plays the next time, all the pressure's on Oklahoma. Texas beat Bama and loses on the final play to Oklahoma. If they beat Oklahoma in any fashion with the win on the road and losing only on the last play to Oklahoma, they'll be in the playoff. So the, the, the season is not lost for Texas. I would argue I'd take their roster right now and their quarterback, believe it or not, and the offensive coach, and revenge is a factor, and the win over Bama. Texas is fine. They just got to win the rest of the games, and they'll be favored heavily in all of them. But th this Oklahoma schedule, by not scheduling a big dog, that next time they play them, they got to win that thing. Texas, does, Texas has to win too, but I, to me, Oklahoma with a loss cannot get into the playoff. Texas can. They lost at the right time early in the season. They're probably going to face them again. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great, great last drive by Oklahoma. Brent Venables had a hell of a day. They out-prepared them, and they deserved a win. But we're in episode five, and we got like six left. <laughs> we're only 40% through succession. We're not close to the end here. Take a deep breath. Oh, here was Sark after the loss. The promising thing is I know we can play better than we played today, and we will, um, but we need to coach better. Proud of the guys, proud of the way they battled and competed, um, but uh, we need to play better football uh, if we want to be the team that I know we're capable of being. I thought our guys showed a lot of fight and grit and resiliency to put ourselves in position to win a game when we weren't at our best um, against a good football team. Yeah, it's okay. You're allowed to lose to Oklahoma 34-30. They're going to face them again. The likelihood they're going to face them again, and they'll have revenge on their side. Texas is fine. Oklahoma's better than I thought. Take a deep breath. This is just episode four. There's about five, six more episodes to go. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
wherever you get your podcast. Colin right, Colin wrong, plenty of both in here. We go. Where Colin was right. Blazing five was a perfect five and zero. Oh. We now have a winning record on the year at 12, 11, and two. Despite a horrible start, we've hit on nine of ten picks. And uh, I got to tell you, the Bengals pick. Keep your eye on Cincinnati. That looked like the old Cincinnati. A lot of people thought I was nuts. But I kind of felt like Joe Burrow healthy, the Bengals get healthy. That's the one that impressed me. Where Colin was wrong. I'm a huge Sean Payton fan, but they're second in the NFL in penalties. They have improved Russell. He has statistically. But he got the money in the power, overpaid for a right tackle. The defense has regressed. The public comments on Hackett, the penalties. Now they're on a short week to face the Chiefs. Good luck staring at one and five. Sean, so far, it's been a big lift, and it hasn't been his best coaching. Where Colin was right? I told fans last week, get over where Brock Purdy was drafted. Kurt Warner was undrafted. So was Tony Romo. The GOAT, Brady drafted late. The kid is good. I don't know if he's great, but he's really good. He moves well. He throws the ball down the field. He doesn't have a whip. He's not Mahomes. You know, he not, he's not electric with his feet. But the dude can play. He sees the field. He doesn't miss open guys. Who cares? Once you're in the league, I don't care where you're drafted. If you can play, you can play. Where Colin was right. I defended Mac Jones in the offseason. I know he's got a low ceiling, but he can be accurate. He has regressed his career. His passer rating now is 74 this season. Uh, I think a lot of it's he doesn't have anybody to throw to, but he's been benched in two straight weeks. He's alienated teammates, the coaching staff, last year by going out of the building. I think he's regressed, and uh, I was wrong on that. Where Colin was right? I said it Friday, I don't trust the Cowboys in big games. Listen, they haven't won a lot of big games in Dak's tenure. We know they haven't been great since, you know, 1995, but the three wins this year were against the Jets, the Giants, and New England weak offenses that they can take a lead and play bully ball and play avalanche football and play downhill. But I think when you're talking about a team that you got to get into a a little bit of a track meet or it's going to be situational football, this is what I said last week. I don't trust McCarthy in situational football against some of these young coaches like McVay and Shanahan. Where Colin was wrong. Brent Venables was really uh, sideways first year at Oklahoma. I thought he outcoached Sark. I thought that last drive was amazing. I thought situationally, I thought they outplayed him. They were more prepared. Now, they lost 49 nothing last year. And I had said I thought it was going to be a really good first half and Texas would pull away. But it was Oklahoma who made the big plays. Hey, Dylan Gabriel, who who's just a guy, I thought played really, really well. Now, he got banged up last year, didn't play in this game. But Oklahoma looked like a top five team. Good for Brent Venables. He righted the ship. Where Colin was right. I said Anthony Richardson's rookie year was going to be wild and fun and a roller coaster. That's exactly what it is. It's dynamic. It's fun. It's crazy. It's athletic. And he's hurt again. Uh, Cross your fingers. He could miss more than a month. I really like the kid. But when you have this style, which is making big plays and bulldozing people a little bit, you can get banged up. It's kind of been what we thought. Steichen's been brilliant. They call a great game. They are fun to watch. Uh, and Richardson is wildly dynamic. But this is kind of what we predicted it would look like. Where Colin was right. When the Giants signed Daniel Jones, I said, what are you doing? Are you watching him play? Come on. He had 15 touchdowns last year. Big con. They reached for him at number six in the draft. They reached for him last year. 
He already has more picks now than he did all of last season. He has the worst passer rating of his career. Right now, it's lower than Bryce Young and Mac Jones. I, I, I honestly believe that he sort of looks like Eli Manning, and maybe somehow they feel like, you know, he's from the South. He is a little Peyton Man, uh, 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 Eli Manning. He's not. Eli Manning is an all-time two-minute drill quarterback. Eli Manning is part of American football royalty. He's not Eli Manning. There's not 20 Eli Mannings in the history of football. What a mistake this was. Even Brian Dable can't fix it. Not all his fault. The protection's terrible. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 12 years, all with the Patriots, three rings. Seventh-round pick at a Kent State. Dad coach, quarterback, goes and becomes a legend with Tom Brady. Julian Edelman, now Fox Sports analyst. So good to have you again. He's on NFL Fox kickoff at 11 in the morning and do a great job describing things succinctly. You're very good. Okay, let's, let's, let's dive in. This will make this will be all over, all over Sports Talk Radio in Boston, right. so let's just do it. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out and suggest to you that when coaches have too much power, Pete had it for a couple years in Seattle, and the drafting went into the tank. And I think Bill the GM is hurting Bill the coach. And listen, he's lost 
you know, um, Dante, Josh McDaniels, Brady, Ernie Adams. That's a lot of brain power. Bill's a defensive guy. Is it a fair? Is it a fair suggestion that maybe Bill has a bit too much power, and they need a fresh new set of eyes in drafting? I think he needs a little help on the offensive side. I mean, you look at the defensive picks; they all look pretty good. I mean, they always come out and they 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 perform. The Christian Gonzalez kid, before he got hurt, nice looked player. like he was playing good. Um, but I mean, we we have whiffed, and I hate talking about coach like this, but we have whiffed on a lot of offensive skill position players. You know, starting from. I don't want to call guys out, but there are three, four receivers uh, when I was playing that we got in top rounds that, you know. You knew early. You look in, in camp, and you can always see from a guy that's drafted high. You see one trait. You know they're raw, but you can see one trait. Oh, yep, that's a first rounder. You know, you're looking, and I was like, ah, what's going on here? That's not a first rounder. I, I, don't, see, I don't know what's going on. So. I think he would be the first to tell you that he's he's had some screw-ups. He's, he's a very accountable guy. And I, I do think that, you know, that they probably do need a little more help on the offensive side of scouting or, or something, you yeah. know. I, and, but you look at this, like, I'm still a little shook on, on the Jacoby Myers departure. I, we didn't get that either. I, I, I didn't get that, um, you know. He could separate a little. He could separate a lot. He could run routes. He was he was tough in the run game. He would go in and, and block the force and and that's what you preach as a New England receiver. Get open, catch the ball, and block in the run game. Those are the three things that you hear all the time. And uh, you know, it's just this receiver group we have, it just seems like they're struggling to create separation, regardless of the reason. Uh they they haven't been able to separate and I've been really hard on Mac and I've been watching and it's tough you know a guy's a little open that's still open but they're still not giving Bri- him Bryce Young, right Bryce right Young's read. facing the same thing there's Bryce, no separation very hard I mean it's very hard when your top receivers Adam Thielen which is a really good receiver but he's a good complimentary receiver at this stage of his career I mean he's 33 years old right you know you want you want some speed some guys that can get up and and make make moves and make create separation at the top of the route. Win at the beginning of the route. You know, there's three phases of the route. You win at the beginning of the route, the stem, or at the top of the route. And I'm not seeing really any of that with with the Patriots round. They just seem out of funk. Yeah, and there was a brain drain, yourself included. Tom, you, Josh, Ernie, Dante. You guys are all Hall of Fame level brains, players, quarterbacks, and I. It's like any company. They call it brain drain. You just lose a lot of good people in marketing. Well, marketing's not as good. You make poor decisions, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. You know, the, the Brock Purdy thing, you're a seventh-round pick, so is Brock Purdy. And, I, and I've been saying this, once, once you're in the room, nobody gives a rip where you were picked. And it's like, I don't know how good he is, but Julian, he doesn't, he sees the field quick. C.J. Stroud has this. Like, I watch him. He sees the whole field. And I don't know what that is, right? There, there's some guys do and some guys don't. But I watched Purdy, and I'm like, oh, I could ride with this guy. Like, I, I know he didn't have the biggest arm, but Tommy didn't. Yeah. Like, what do you see that you like about him? Processing. I see that he processes quick. And you have to think about the relationship between play caller and quarterback. Do they not seem like they're just clicking? Yeah. 
they are clicking. Like you look on the other end of this past weekend against, you know, Dallas. Look at that situation. Is that relationship between play caller and quarterback? Do you think Dak and and uh, Schottenheimer? No, uh, Dak and uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Do you think they finish each other's sentence? I don't. No, I don't. You could say that about Brock and and Shanahan. I mean, this guy. He they have a lot of weapons. But he's going out and he's executing situations. He's, he's playing on time. He hasn't even really had to get to his second or third read, which tells me that, like, the play calling is right there. You know, and they do have a lot of talent. But, you know, you need someone to go out there and point guard that talent. And, and Brock Purdy, he's playing his tail off. And his arm's not even where it needs to be. You could still see three or four throws where, like, he's – he has to use his anticipation because his UCL is not completely healed. I expect him to get better. Yeah. The, um, you know, it, it is interesting. The, I, <clears throat> I said this a couple hours ago, and I think I repeated it, is that the league's gotten really smart very quickly. Mm-hmm. McDaniel, McVay. I mean, Sean McVay is duct taping that old line. That offense is, it, it's. That's impre- that's, this could be his most impressive coaching that's what job. I, I mean, I'm watching yesterday. Let's take that game. Philadelphia. I don't know what the comp is, but their O-line and D-line play. It's just it's just mm-hmm. Canton, Ohio guys. And and here's the Rams. It's Aaron Donald and kids. I mean, it it's when I watch McVay, Shanahan, McDaniel, uh, I think that guy in Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Is it is it do, when you watch a game, do you sense because of the rule changes, if you were owner of a team, you almost have to get an offensive guy? It's quarterback league, you know, and when you you draft a young quarterback or you're designing an offense, like I said, it goes back to that relationship between the play caller and the quarterback. And and when the head coach is the play caller, I mean, I was on a defensive-minded head coach team. So, like, anytime we were in film, anytime the defense had a bad practice, we had a bad practice. It goes a (laughs) different – you know what I mean? So that's how it goes. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, this is where the league's going with the rule changes and everything. You got to have a guy that can go and and massage these young quarterbacks and and get creative. A lot of it's that, Julian. It's the massaging of seventh rounder, Iowa State. I mean, now Bill didn't do that much with Tommy, wasn't much of a massager. But again, is that because Tom could be hard coached? I, I I think Bill taught Brady differently, you know, like... They had a different type of relationship where Bill taught Brady defenses. You know, they would meet every Monday for three hours and go over the defense, the defense that they were going over. Like every week, every every Monday, Bill and Brady would sit and watch film, and, and Bill would give Brady his takes on what he thought the defense was trying to do, and they probably developed a relationship, and and that's what Bill's, you know. Two cents went into with, with, with Brady. I mean, he taught them. But they did have a relationship. They had a relationship, yeah. I mean, they, they were together for 20 years. You tell me a marriage that doesn't have little <laughs> bumps in the road after 20 years, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I do, going back to what you were saying earlier, I, right now with how this league is going, with the rule changes, with the speed, with the amount of, you know, who's getting paid right now, the, the receivers, the quarterbacks – Tight ends. I mean, you get, it, it'd be smart to probably go in that offense direction. Now, I'm not saying that a defensive-minded coach can't get it done, 
But if you're going to have a defensive-minded coach, you, you probably want to bring someone on the offensive side that is, you know, got that whole shtick going with this new this new. I think it's the evolution, the evolved West Coast system. You know? Yeah, yeah. The um, we were talking about Detroit earlier. <clears throat> so when you have a losing culture, and Detroit's drafted well, they brought in new pieces. Goff's always been a good ball; mm-hmm. he can play. And then, so in New England. It, uh, Bill lost in Cleveland, lost early in New England, first year and a half, and you're building the winning culture. So you entered a winning culture. So you may not even recognize some of the nonsense, but you've had friends or teammates that came from losing culture. So the Lions, a losing culture, and now they got dudes. Like, I mean, a lot of them. And I, outside of Philly and San Francisco, I watch them play, and I'm like, they, they dragged Green Bay. Like, it, the, it wasn't close. There's probably a lot of little things that I don't see that a winning culture has. But but when you talk to guys when they came to New England, did they ever confide in you? Man, you guys, you guys do stuff at practice we don't even consider. Yeah, I, I think that comes with with leadership. Uh, in, in New England, when I first got there, uh, you had studs like Teddy Bruschi, Kevin Falk, Tom Brady. The guys that were your best players, they were your highest paid players, but they were your hardest working players. They were the players that were keeping everyone in check. They were the players that were challenging everyone. They were the players that were making everyone accountable. They were the players that would always say, the more you can do. And that's where you try to flip that. I remember when guys would come, free agents would come, they'd be like, I don't know how you guys practice like that, like, like how you guys practice. Our practices were very competitive. Every day? Every day. You know, I mean, it's changed now with the rule rule changes. You can only have one pad of practice for like 14 weeks or something. But it, they were very competitive. We would do tackling drill up until the Super Bowl because it's a fundamental that we had to work. The game comes down to blocking and tackling, and you see so many teams lose on these little fundamentals. So, yeah, I, I think it has to do with the leadership in, in the locker room. And, and if you look at Detroit – Look at Jared Goff. Like, I played against Jared Goff when we were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and Bill was giving him crazy looks on defense. And you could tell this kid, his confidence was shot. It was shot in that game because he didn't know it was coming. You, know, you look two, two weeks ago when they're playing the Packers and he throws a pick in the first drive. Yep. Then he comes back and he rallies the team down for a touchdown drive. And they went on and, and, and blew him out. Like, that, told, that, sh- that shows me he's had growth in his, his career, and he's become a leader, and he's become the flag carrier for, my, uh, for MCDC and that whole preach of we need to have a mentally tough team because he's firsthand been a mentally tough player. Gets shipped out of L.A., they go win a Super Bowl. Got the crap beat out of Macau. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I think it has a lot to do. When you're trying to flip a culture, it has to do with your leadership. Yeah. Um. I got to ask you one more question. So the Jags early in the season <laughs> dropped so many passes. Even Calvin Ridley, who's great. Baltimore yesterday just dropped touchdown passes. Yeah. Who do I blame? Who do I – I don't want to do the blame game. But um, I'm sure you've had – you know, you're, you're recognized for the Atlanta catch. You didn't drop many. Is it prep? Is it weather? Is it is, – are there angles that it is harder to catch? Is it – when you see a team going through – it's almost like it's contagious. Guys are thinking about it. Catching's confidence. And, and sometimes that was an early game yesterday with the Ravens. They're playing against a team they should probably beat the crap out of. 
And, you know, a lot of guys are probably sitting there like, oh, we're going to blow these guys out. And then the game starts and and the Steelers come out, start fast. And even though they didn't start fast, but it's one of those things where it's a confidence thing that you have to do all the time, repetition to keep those things, you know, tightened and dialed. I remember I, I would always have to wake up early in the morning to do these tennis ball drills against the wall for reaction and, and change the colors and all that stuff because I needed to get my eyes dialed ready for the day because you got to get right, you know? Like, sometimes that ball gets on you. You know, you don't want to be the guy that drops the ball first play of practice. You know, there's, there's an accountability factor. So, you know, you look at the drops yesterday. Mark Andrews, he doesn't really drop the ball. No, That's kind of uncharacteristic. Aguilar, he's had a couple drops in his career that yeah, we've Nelson all seen. Yeah. I mean, so that's is what it is. Zay Flowers, he's a rookie, so you know they got to get some things together. And sometimes a game like this will bring them together. And if you look at a John Harbaugh team, like especially with that rivalry between the Steelers and them, they're going to be around when it all comes said and done because they're just mentally tough and they always figure a way out. And they do make it harder on themselves a lot of the times. But they'll figure it out, and you can never bet against Mike Tomlin against the Ravens. I mean, he's I, – I called it yesterday when we were in the avocado room. I'm like, this is a prime Mike Tomlin game. <laughs> Get a win out of nowhere because <laughs> – And no offense. No no offense. You know, the quarterback's got a hurt knee. Their defense can't stop nobody, and, and they find a way to win this game. And that just – you know, that goes to your defensive coach right And there. your culture. And the culture. Pittsburgh, find, Pittsburgh wins more games they shouldn't. You could say the same thing about the Ravens. Yeah. Ravens do that too. They also lose a lot of games they shouldn't either, but then they'll win a game they shouldn't. So, you know, they're they're cultured up that those two teams. It's great seeing you, my man. Uh, by the way, Peyton and Russ, how's it going to end? I don't think good. It's, One in five if they lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, it. it a lot of tension. What's the how, what's the exit? How do you exit that whole contract? Can you exit that well, contract? I mean, I think it doesn't start until next year, right? Right. The uh, the only thing I can think of, because they need draft capital for defense. But if you drafted a quarterback, you get Michael Penix from Washington. You have the ninth pick, and you're like, let's just see what we can get out of Russ. By the way, Niners gave up a bunch of picks for Trey Lance. Gave it up. Their roster's fine. If you hit on a quarterback, Julian, and you don't have to pay him for four years. You can do crazy stuff. Niners have also hit on a lot of other players. They hit on Kittle. They hit on everyone on defense. They've hit, you know, on everyone except the one free agent they brought in who was Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, you could have a miss here and there, but when you hit on key, you know, guys. Especially fourth, fifth guy, like. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've done a really good job of coming up with some crazy talent. I mean, did we all, any of us think Warner would turn into the player he is? He's the best linebacker in the game. In the game from BYU. I, I remember watching those guys at training camp. This guy's doing tribal things after practice, smelling the grass. The guy loves football. And that's what it, another thing. Niners, all those guys look like they love football. They love football. You look at Trent Williams, their, their tackle, he loves football. I mean, that's another thing. A lot of these teams, you got to find guys that are loving football. A lot of guys are, you know, they love being famous. They love getting likes and TikTok this and that. <laughs> I sound like Belichick. It's crazy. I've, I've heard him too much. Snap face. You know, but, you know, you got to find guys that love the game. No, San Francisco's an easy team. I know Dallas fans don't like them. Easy team for me to watch and like. It is. And I just, the only thing I worry is that they're peaking a little early and then you, you, know, you catch an injury bug. 
You know, that, that's the one thing that could derail this thing because all these teams that they're playing, they're going to take this back and they're going to they're gonna learn from it. And there's going to be one team that comes from, you know, week eight and just yep. starts playing. They get healthy. Hot, underdog. Hot. Yep. You know, it reminds me of those New York Giants teams that beat us in the Super Bowl. Oh, that was rough. I'm sorry about that. Those were painful days. <laughs> those are, those are, these are painful days for the Patriots. Good seeing you, my man. I Great love having you. you on so yeah, much. Definitely. Julian Edelman, we are lucky to have him at Fox. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.